So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at SoWeMetOnline. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash SoWeMetOnline. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, Chris. Chris. Yes. Oh, there you are. (laughs) As a dating coach, you know I get a lot of questions from clients on any topics related to dating. I find that, in general, if one person is asking the question, other people probably have that same question. So I want to talk about three questions today that I got from clients all within the last month or two that ask questions about going on the date. So these are all questions, pre-date type questions, things that come up before you actually physically go on the first date. So let's get started. Sounds great. The first question is from a male client. He attached a screenshot for me of a conversation he was having with a woman online. And he says, I have no idea what to do next. She leaves no place for it to go. And I end up asking 20 questions. So I read the conversation and he wrote her a really nice message. He said, hi, how are you? (laughs) Gingers are the best. And then he writes, are you a big fan of, and I I admit I had to look up this person, Michio Kaku. I've watched some of those shows he has hosted. And she replied, oh, her username was, it had Ginger in it. So that's where he got that. And she said, I do admire him, but I can't say big fan. I appreciate his line of thinking, but his books are simplified. The concepts fascinate me. So I wanted to help him with this. So I said, I would reply with something like this. The concepts fascinate me too. I hope I'm still doing that much with my life when I'm in my 70s. Mm-hmm. Anything else you like to watch or read that I should know about? Always open to recommendations. And then I said, if she answers this one, it's time to suggest meeting. And then I said I was happy to help with the language to convert it into a date. But let's say she answers and she doesn't ask any questions again. Then it's up to him to conclude for himself, how invested is she in this process? Is she self-absorbed or does she just not know how to have a conversation online? Now, I can't answer that because I'm not in her head. But in general, when you're online, you do want to make sure you put questions in each of your messages to engage with the other person. Yeah, I like this. For a few different reasons. One, I even experienced this. There's a lot of times where I'm talking to different women and I'll ask a question and I'll get a one word response back. Right. And it's annoying, but you do have to take a moment and consider all of the different possible options. For instance, maybe they're just busy. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're in the middle of something. Maybe they aren't interested in you. Maybe, you know, there could be any number of reasons, and it's rare to actually have somebody tell you exactly what's going on. For instance, I'm sorry I can't talk right now. I'm in the middle of something. I will respond to this a little bit later when I have the chance, right? Why don't they just respond later when they have the chance and put a more thoughtful response? Yeah. So both of those things, though, happen, right? Sure. I always... That's why I didn't tell him to stop because her email was engaging enough that she clearly wanted to have some correspondence with him. Yeah. I just got a message from somebody a short while ago while we were mid 
conversation, she told me, I'm really sorry I have to go. I'll be back later. We can talk. Right. Of course. That's great. Now I know I'm not sitting there wondering, where's my response? Right. Right. But the key to all of this is open-ended questions. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know the difference between a closed-ended question and an open-ended question. Why don't you ask me? (laughs) Just ask me some questions. How is your day-to-day? Good. (laughs) Well, I don't, I I don't, I don't usually ask closed-ended questions. That was a closed-end one, right? Yeah. Versus, can you tell me a little bit about what your interests are? Uh, sure. I really like seeing Broadway musicals. In fact, I saw two just last weekend. And then the Mm follow-up is, what shows did you see? Maybe I've seen them as well. Well, I saw... Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I saw uh, Hello, Dolly with Bernadette Peters. Oh, I love her. Oh my gosh, I love her. Talk about doing amazing things with your life when you're in your 70s. She's seven years old, and she was like doing the two-step up there. She's amazing. And then I saw Avenue Q for the fifth time. (laughs) I'm mildly obsessed. Anyway, you get the point, right? Is One is a closed-ended. It stops the conversation. You'll Mm -hmm. get that one-word response. Do you like your job? Right. No. And the other one stimulates conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to always try to remind yourself of. Yeah, but both are better than asking no questions. Okay, so there's the real heart of this. Is what happens when you ask your open-ended question and the person you are talking to doesn't respond with questions back to you? Right, so... Either continue asking them questions to see if they do ultimately. And then I've actually told clients, if they're really interested in this person's profile, to write something like, is there anything you'd like to know about me beyond what's in my profile? If they take that bait and start asking insightful questions, that's a good sign. If they say, no, I would end the conversation. (laughs) Yes. This client actually also asked me, how to move things towards the date. And I said to him, as for how to move things along to the date, it can be really frustrating when someone just wants to text or message. You know this already. I call texting the death of the first date for a reason, since things seem to go south once you, you know, switch over from the site. And when someone says something like that, like, here's my number, let's text, it'll be easier. You could try saying something like, you know, I'm glad to keep chatting. I may actually try to one up you and see if you'd like to grab coffee or a drink. You know, it's always more fun to get to know someone in person and see what they say. I 100% agree. And every single person I talk to, when it gets to a certain point, maybe that's five questions deep, six questions deep. I usually navigate that towards I would love to continue to get to know you, but I would love to do it in person. Exactly. Again, you'll know whether the person is serious about meeting because they either answer positively, answer negatively, or don't answer at all. But at least that way, you've gotten the question out there because if someone doesn't want to go out, it wouldn't matter whether you ask that question today, tomorrow, the next day. Yep. Next, we have a question from a client, a female client who is 48, and she says, I appreciate you point, oh, I have some background on this. I was suggesting men for her to write to on Match.com. She was disagreeing with every person I suggested. She was picking people who I didn't think, based on their profiles, were appropriate for her. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's what she wrote to me. I appreciate you pointing out that the person needs to be looking for someone like me. Now, that is something I said because a lot of the men she was picking did not include her age 
in the age range they were looking for. And I certainly didn't want her to set herself up for failure. Sure. If someone her age, I think 48, said, oh, I want 21 to 32. Right. Oh, yeah. It's just a, a waste of her time. And there's a reason why those age ranges are actually in the profiles. Right. Now, I have a bone to pick with him for choosing those <laughs> ages, but anyway. And I said, it's true that we don't exactly know what we were looking for, but she was using that as a, as a defense, saying, well, maybe they don't know what they're looking for, so we should write anyway. And I was saying to her, yeah, sometimes people don't know what they're looking for, so maybe you should expand your criteria, too. <laughs> Uh, and she says, she goes on to say, I do believe when I see someone I like, I want to go for it. So I don't have any regrets. I agree with that. Then she says, good looking is so subjective and different for everyone. I agree. This is why when we first spoke, I was hesitant to do online dating. Yes, I can overlook certain good looks to find a good quality man, but I can't fake it when I meet someone. If the chemistry isn't there, it makes things extremely awkward for me. I end up walking away from the date feeling I've wasted their time, or even worse, I got their hopes up. I know for the most part what I like when I see it. And of course, personality plays a huge role in the men I date, but I haven't dated a man I wasn't attracted to because he was extremely intelligent or had it all together financially. If that were the case, I'd be with an extremely wealthy, non-attractive 60-plus-year-old. <laughs> But they seem to want a 40-something. Anyway, I thought about her questions for a while before I sent a response. And I said, yes, that's true, that not everyone knows exactly what they're looking for. These other men and you. At a certain point, it's important to explore and see what's out there, just as you'd want someone to do for you. No one is asking you to fake anything. But when you meet someone and get to know him, you may see something. And judgments can't be made in the first five minutes. With people who we're extremely attracted to at the offset, we tend to overlook really important things in a relationship. There is a happy medium between someone who knocks your socks off looks-wise online but isn't a good fit and someone completely unattractive. Honestly, and I had to say this, and just, just so you know, I do practice tough love with my clients, and she and I have a very candid, real relationship. I said, honestly, some of the dates with men you've picked have gone poorly, and I could have predicted that based on what they wrote. That is not what I want for you. Then I said, I know it's been a struggle the whole time with us and agreeing on who you should meet. I always push for people I think are appropriate and people who I think have a good chance of liking you too. I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't stick to my guns on that. My most successful clients are the ones who go against type sometimes to find things they didn't even know they were looking for. In the end, a date is a date, even a bad one, and no one has wasted anyone's time. It's just about seeing if there's a connection. That's it. Never feel guilty about that. Thoughts? Yes. Yes, and more yeses. <laughs> okay. Um, look, I could tell you probably three or four people off the top of my head right now, mm -hmm. women who went on first dates with somebody that they admitted they were not physically attracted to. Mm -hmm. At least from an online profile. Right, from yeah. an online profile. And even after initially meeting them, they mm -hmm. may not have been attracted to them mm -hmm. fully. But Fully, that's the key word. Because right. I think if there's even just a hint of attraction, it's worth exploring. Right. Yet through continuing talking to the individual and seeing that individual, those relationships prospered into incredible relationships and even marriage in a few times. And I have one close friend who said, I never would have ever imagined marrying this person mm -hmm. when I first met them. I think a lot of people say that. Right. We all, on some level, 
obviously have physical preferences. Of course. I mean, we talked to, you know, we've talked about mine. Short hair, long hair, (laughs) certain color eyes, height is always a big one, age is one, right? Body type, all of these things are going to be preferences that we analyze and look at, especially men who are very physical creatures. Mm-hmm. We're going to look and go off of pure physical connection I once had a client who wouldn't go on a second date with a woman who he was attracted to because she was three inches shorter than his ideal. And he and I had some words. Yeah, well, look, you can find an incredibly gorgeous, beautiful woman who is, say, five foot ten, and there will be a ton of men who won't date that woman because of her height, mm-hmm. not because of her looks, okay. even though she's gorgeous. What does that have to do with anything? It's just showing you that there are <laughs> preferences. Okay, that yes. People have these preferences, and that's all before even their personality or whether or not they're going to get along Absolutely. with that person. Absolutely, particularly with online dating. It was just really frustrating when some of the men for this client would write her really thoughtful, insightful messages and really engage with her and have a lot in common. And she would take a quick look and say, eh, not my type. And it was frustrating for me as her dating coach. Right, because she was looking more at the physical nature of it than the thoughtful, appropriate connection, well, deeper. I just think you should look at both. Yeah. And ultimately, it's just a date. You're not committing to anything more than a beverage or right. something like that. Yeah, that I agree with. It never hurts to actually go and share some time with somebody And just get to know somebody new. Right. Now, I do understand everyone's situation is different. Because if you have children and you need to get a babysitter, that is obviously a lot more difficult. And you want to screen further. And I understand that time is more limited for people who have children. And in this case, she does. So I get that she only wants to go out with someone who she finds physically attractive. But I got to tell you... She wasn't reading the profiles. I mean, she sent me someone's profile who I thought was bigoted in his write-up and just terrible. And I said, I cannot write to this man. Like, I can't encourage you to write to him because he seems like a real blank. Yeah. We've heard other stories where somebody might be attracted to somebody and they're talking and they say, do you have kids? Yeah, I have kids. Oh, well, this isn't going to work out. Only because they have kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that's someone's deal breaker. So it's right? just, of course, there are preferences, but I do think it's important for everyone to find a little wiggle room. You have to be able to be open-minded enough to explore the things that really matter most. And unfortunately... It's just a date. Right. All right. We have one more question and answer we're going to look at in this pre-date Q&A episode. Do we take a break? No. Let's... <laughs> Let's take a little break, and we'll be back with one more Q&A. Just for you, our listeners of So We Met Online, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I don't know about you, but I have a guilty pleasure, and that is playing Candy Crush on my phone. But I feel like I have to balance out the dying brain cells by educating myself while I'm playing. So I can listen to an audiobook from Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash so we met online for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And we're back. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> we're having too much fun. 
Uh, I got this message from a client of mine who is in her early 40s, female, although that's not really relevant to the question. But she says, I almost had a panic attack today, which I have never had. I heard a song that made me miss my ex, who Mm. I haven't spoken to in over a year. I cried for the next hour. I'm afraid that I will never be happy in a relationship again. None of these men online excite me. Hmm. Now, obviously, I was really sad to hear this. And, you know, health first. I think I actually called her to make sure she was physically doing okay. But then when I answered more broadly, I said, I know it can be hard when you see or hear something that makes you regress like that. I mean, that's what it is, a regression. And then I told her, my ex just got married, so I can relate. And it's hard. I'm glad you were able to recognize it and let it out. You won't find the same person as your ex. But I have hope that you'll find someone who makes you equally happy, but in different ways. Some you didn't even know you were looking for. That's it. I said it just takes time and I'm thinking of you. Yeah, I think a lot of us have similar stories. Anybody who has been through some type of long-term relationship. I am cursed with a memory that never dies. (laughs) And... Is that just you, though? I think that's more common than we think. But the problem is people don't really talk about it. Right. I I don't think people talk about it, but I do believe that a lot of us have these sentimental reflections or situations that arise or a song comes on. Heck, I can hear a song on the radio and remember of a date that I went on back in high school or something and be like, oh, that was the song that was playing sure, at the prom when I was dance. Right. Exactly. That an ex-boyfriend wore. And when we get older and as our relationships become more intense more or real. more real, right. when those end, and like you said, you could be driving down the street and pass by an, a restaurant of and course. you're like, we had our fifth date there, you know, or we go through, you know, some other area and, or see something on the TV and it's mm-hmm. a trigger word that makes us remember something. Right. Those things are real and they happen. And they're hard. And they're and, hard. And there's no way to avoid them, but there's also no way to push them under the rug. Like, I actually respected that she told me she cried because I think it's worse when you try to push that stuff out and judge yourself for having these feelings. Like feelings are feelings and you have to go through them. Yeah. And those feelings are what help you I get credit over my therapist them. For, all, <laughs> for all of this excellent advice. Yeah. But I think you're also on the right track that there will be somebody else out there. There, there will, will be. be. And he or she will not be the same. Exactly. And will make you happy in different ways. Exactly. And so you have to try to stay as positive as possible. I know a lot of times we get emotional or we get into that emotional state and we think, oh, I'm never going to find that again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm never going to have that person and again. And I get it. That's a real fear. Right. But like you said, there can always be somebody else that is going to come along that is going to fulfill all of those needs, if not equally, more so. But that time that it takes us to heal is also different for each of us. That's absolutely for some, true. You could get over a very serious real relationship in the matter of weeks, depending on how it ended or what sure. happened. For others, you could have a five year relationship and still be dealing with that three years later. Right. Or you could have a three year relationship and still be dealing with that five years later. Exactly. I think it's ridiculous that people say, I don't know where they came up with this, that you know it takes half the time you were together 
to get over someone. I, I don't know who made that silly, ridiculous rule of thumb up, but it takes however long it takes. And yeah. I try not to say to people, don't worry, you'll find someone. Right. Because that's not real at all. No. You know, I would rather tell someone or have someone have told me, you know, you're right. It's scary. Yeah. And you have to process that. You do have to go through the typical grieving process. And even though you may feel as if you've gone through the entire process, Mm -hmm. these moments will pop up. You could be in another successful relationship. Absolutely. And perfectly happy in that relationship and still hear the same song. And still get emotional about your ex. Right. Even though you're already happy and moved on and in another oh, relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's a mourning process. Right. You're not mourning, you know, someone's death, God forbid, but you're mourning the death of a relationship that meant a lot to you and impacted yeah. your life. Yep. Well, that ended on a depressing note. So sad. So sad. What, <laughs> what, what should we, you know what's funny? When I said, it's scary, my phone perked up because it thought I said, Hey, Siri. <laughs> I'm listening. Siri said she's listening. Hey, Siri. Yes? How, how should I get over a past relationship? Oh, it doesn't like you. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Siri. I'm here. How can I get over an old relationship? Here's what I found on the web for how can I get over an old relationship. It's just an article for how to let go of a past relationship, 10 steps to move on peacefully. I think most of these articles, to be honest, are a bunch of jargon and cliche. There is no one right answer. There's no silver bullet. I believe time. I believe self-reflection. Get out there again. Well, at some point, but we've talked about this before. I don't think it's healthy to get out there again, like, the next day. (laughs) But again, we don't know what went on in relationships. A friend of mine actually just went out with someone who she thought was divorced. He's only 35, 36. And she asked him and he said, no, actually I'm widowed. And his wife had died of cancer. And she innocently asked when. And he told her January. And she said, oh, January 2017? And he said, no, January 2018. She said to me, doesn't that seem awfully soon? And I said, it does. But... Giving him the benefit of the doubt, we have no idea the situation when he was in the marriage, how long he was her caretaker, how long she was, how long he had prepared for this. Right. So it's really a different process for everybody. I mean, I talked a lot about my marriage and how that ended. And when my marriage ended, I was perfectly content because I actually was in the process of that morning of the relationship ending while in the relationship for three years. Mm -hmm. I watched it basically degrade to the point where I'm like, it's over. And now it's just a matter of. So that time could be while in the relationship. It could be outside of the relationship. And who are we to say the appropriate amount of time and when that time should be given? Right. Speaking of time. Yes. Time to go. Time to go. Thanks for listening, friends.